worldly governments attempting to judge between the health of people and the health of the economy as if wealth and health are moral equivalents. I'm discouraged by the shock to our school system, to our, to our parents, to our children. Many, many parents, they're not ready for, for schooling at home. How far will our children fall behind in their education? I'm discouraged that we can't be together to celebrate this major celebration of our faith. And then at the same time, I'm discouraged by those churches that are trying to make this some sort of religious liberty issue. Rather than, this is the opportunity for the church to lead the way in choosing to limit its freedom for the sake of the common good of all. Then bringing it more at home. I'm discouraged Land of Park, which is usually overflowing on Easter morning, is closed this morning. Our families are choosing wisely not to gather for traditional Easter picnics. And yeah, when it comes really, really down to it, yes, I'm discouraged not to be able to do an Easter egg hunt with my grandkids. Did I tell you, I am profoundly discouraged. The tomb is empty. But honestly, I'm discouraged. Discouragement on Easter morning is a new vantage point for me. And yet, it is from that vantage point that I reread the story. And I see so many close parallels between our day with discouragement and that very first resurrection Sunday morning. I want to suggest that discouragement is a good starting place for us this morning. It's not where we want to end up, but it's a good place to start. Mark tells us that when Jesus was arrested, all of them deserted Jesus and fled. At the same time, Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss, identifying him as the one to be arrested. The 11 other disciples desert Jesus and flee from the authorities. The only attempt of a disciple to stand with Jesus was Peter's impulsive moment of slicing the ear off of the high priest's servant. Jesus quickly provided the healing for that. Amazing. And let it be known that he was not an advocate of violence. Judas betraying Jesus is discouraging. Peter taking matters into his own hands is discouraging. All of Jesus' closest friends deserting him, running away, is discouraging. We follow Peter and John into the courtyard of Caiaphas, the high priest, where Jesus is first questioned and tortured. By the way, I'm discouraged when you find a dungeon in the basement of the high priest of, of a religion. That's discouraging. John gets Peter into the courtyard, and we begin to have this, this hope of a redemptive moment. But no, Peter denies Jesus three times. Within earshot of Jesus, Peter begins to curse swears an oath, I don't know the man. Peter's denial of Jesus is discouraging. Even after Jesus appears alive, 
alive from the dead to Mary, one of the women who visited the tomb at sunrise on, on Sunday morning in order to complete his burial. Mary finds the disciples mourning and weeping. Let me repeat that. The disciples on the first Easter morning are huddled together in hiding, mourning and weeping. And when Mary tells them that Jesus is alive, she's seen him, they would not believe it. Their words to her are, woman, your words are nonsense. That's the first Easter morning. Finally, Luke tells us of two disciples leaving Jerusalem, discouraged, disillusioned by the death of Jesus. Luke writes, two disciples were traveling to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking to each other about everything that had happened. And while they were discussing these things, Jesus arrived and joined them on their journey. They were prevented from recognizing him. He said to them, what are you talking about as you walk along? They stopped their faces downcast. The one, Cleopas, replied, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who's unaware of the things that have taken place over the last few days? And Jesus says, What things? The things about Jesus of Nazareth. Because of his powerful deeds and words, he was recognized by God and all the people as a prophet. But our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death. They crucified him. We had hoped, we had hoped. He was the one who would redeem Israel. All these things have happened in three days, but there's more. Some of the women from our group left us stunned. They went to the tomb early this morning. They didn't find a body. They came to us saying that they had seen a vision of angels who told them he's alive. And some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found things just as the woman said, but they didn't see him. These first disciples, they're downcast on the day of resurrection. These disciples of Jesus who had hoped he would redeem Israel, that Jesus would rescue Israel from the bondage to political tyranny, that Jesus would rescue Israel from the bondage of self-serving religion, that Jesus would rescue Israel from the bondage of rebellion and sin towards Almighty God. His body's missing. They're confused, they're discouraged, and they're going home. They're going to let others figure it out. If that's not a tale of discouragement after discouragement added to our own woes of discouragement, I don't know what discouragement is. I mean, this is a downer. So can we be down for just a moment? But remember, that's a good place to start. That, that evens the playing field between us and the first disciples. But it doesn't end there. This is how hope enters the discouragement. Going back to Mary, Mary stood outside near the tomb crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. 
She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And the angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking it was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Don't touch, don't touch me, don't hold on to me. For I've not yet gone to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going to my father and your father, to your God and my God. And Mary went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. I've seen Jesus alive from the dead. Those two on the road to Emmaus, when they came to Emmaus, Jesus acted as if he was going to move on. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us. It's nearly evening. The day's almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And after he took his seat at the table with them, he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. At that moment, their eyes were opened. They recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Then they said to each other, Weren't our hearts on fire when he spoke to us along the road, when he explained the scripture for us? Their eyes were opened. They saw Jesus. Their hearts burned in his presence. And finally, Peter. Later, Jesus himself appeared again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. This is how it happened. Simon, Thomas, Nathaniel. And two other disciples were together, and Simon said, I'm going fishing. The others said, we'll go with you. So they set out on a boat, and throughout the night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize him. Brothers, have you caught anything to eat? They answered, no. He said, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they did. And there were so many fish that they couldn't haul in the net. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved, that would be John. John said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon heard it, when he heard it was the Lord, he wrapped his cloak around him because he was naked for fishing. And he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they weren't far from the shore, only about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've caught. Peter got up, pulled the net to shore. It was full of large fish. Yet the net hadn't torn, even with so many fish. And Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples could bring themselves to ask him, 
Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. In the discouragement of the first followers of Jesus, and in our discouragement, there's only one hope for us. We must see the risen Lord Jesus. We need our eyes open to see Him risen from the dead. We need to know above our discouragement, beneath our discouragement, around our discouragement, He is alive and He is the Lord. I saw Jesus for the first time in high school. During the, during the spring semester of my junior year, I attended a Young Life Club, and many of my friends were there. We sang wacky songs, performed zany skits, and each night ended with a brief story about Jesus. Who was Jesus? What did Jesus do? What was the importance of his death and his resurrection? What difference would Jesus make in my life? After listening for three months or so of messages about Jesus, I, along with my friends in the family room of a friend's house, were asked this question. Do you want to follow Jesus? In that moment, with that question, my heart began to race. I would say it was like those disciples on the road to Emmaus. My heart began to burn within me. The answer to the question came from deep within me. It came through image after image of Jesus made known to me from very short gospel stories. But in those stories, I saw Jesus. And in seeing Jesus and knowing that he's the Lord, I said, yes, yes, I want to follow Jesus. And I have followed him ever since. And through the years, I have seen him, glimpses, glimpses of him again and again in the best and the worst moments of my life. Oh, loved ones, Jesus is alive. And he is in this time of encouragement, discouragement, encouragement, discouragement, back and forth. He's with us in it all. So my question this morning is, do you see him? Do you see him? Do you know him as the Lord of lords? Do you know he is alive? Are you experiencing relationship with Jesus? Open our eyes, Holy Spirit. Open our eyes that we may see Jesus. Our story began in discouragement. It ends with seeing Jesus. Jesus alone is our hope. Jesus is Easter. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Amen.